Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Just one sleep from championship weekend in Delray Beach. Welcome to a Friday edition of TC Live, our half-hour post-game show to get you caught up on all the highlights and breaking news in the tennis world. Here's what's on the way. Another day on the clay for the aerodynamic due of Carlos Alcaraz. See how the defending champ kept his South American win streak alive. Plus, the final is set in Doha. It's the top two seeds and one of the best rivalries on the WTA. We'll explain why Elena Rybakina will face a well-rested Iga Sviantek. And the one-handed backhand may be going by the wayside. Find out how an unthinkable milestone may be just a couple days away. The one going extinct? Could it be? Come on into our studios here in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman, between my two friends, Coco Vandaway, Prakash Amitraj. What's going on? I I'm still in shock about the unknown backhand it's, it's, of our own piece. It's, it's tough to overcome, Prakash. I don't know how you're going to do it. It's, it's really, I, I watched it live. I was, I was hanging in the green room, and I saw just the pure defeat hit your face. First of all, I expect this from Ketch, <laughs> not from you. And that, too, on TC Live. But I will say, a one-hander, you got certain things you can do. You can throw it up high. It makes it very difficult to come over it. A two-hander, maybe, maybe get you stretched out. you got to take the left hand off the racket. But an unknown, <laughs> you, you got no clue how to play that. It's like a UFO. It's just, it's unidentified. It's amazing. By the way, one or two hands. The other day I was hitting with it. It's, it's a beautiful thing. I, so. Listen, I, I Tell just him, see it in person. Tell Maybe him. I'll, I'll brush off, get the, get the cobwebs off of the racket and see what Prakash has to offer with the Tui. We, we know, got, I'm, I'm coming in a couple more times this month. We got two weeks before our mixed doubles in Indian Wells. That's so right. They'll see it then. A, a lot to get to. All right, we'll be talking more about the one-handed backhand later on TC Live. But we start in Rotterdam where Alex Dimonor and Andre Rublev meet for the seventh time. They split their previous six matches, Coco, and this one would go the distance. Man, oh, man, was this a buster out here. This tiebreaker starting off in the first set. Dimonor showing his speed that he has. And my goodness, how he could get that left hand and use it to get that pass by Rublev. Rublev doing nothing wrong in that point, earning every inch. But Dimonor putting an extra bit of juice in his forehand at the start of this year. It's been not talked about as much as the extra juice he's put on behind his serve. But that forehand has really been so lethal by him. And the speed he has up and around the court is just so suffocating. But Rublev is hanging strong in this. He is a former champion here, getting extra ball backs. And this volley that Demonor missed, I mean, that's one in a hundred that he's going to miss. He's, that's few and far between on the Demonor racket. But coming back, relaxing in this third set. And this shows how many matches and how confident he is going into the third set that he was able to put that second set behind him and come out clean in this third set. Yeah, tour leading fourth top 10 win of the year moves the Aussie up two spots to a career high nine in the live rankings. Let's hear from him. 
Grigor's next. You'll recall an amazing match you played against him here last year. What are your memories of that? Yeah, uh, obviously I played him on my birthday and, uh, you know, he was rude enough to uh, beat me when I was uh, two match points up. So uh, very rude and mean uh, of him. You know, I'm playing him tomorrow, which will be my birthday again. Uh, so I'm hoping he's a little bit nicer to me. We'll see. That is rude. Yannick Sinner looking to make some history in Rotterdam himself, riding a 12-match winning streak that dates back to last year, Prakash, facing former world number three Milos Raonic for the first time. Well, when you're saving set points like that, that's when you know you're playing really confident tennis. Being able to strike the ball really well, creating some pressure so much so that on the second set points, Raonic tries to go for a forehand that isn't there. And those were the couple of chances that Raonic squandered, and then that was to be his fate. Managed to go into a breaker, but... Sinner's just been so tough all year, especially on the big points, especially coming down to breakers. Got off to a lead there in the middle of the breaker. Did Made no mistake on his serve, trying to close it out here. Gets the error from Raonic coming in. Takes the first set, 7-6. Looking mean, as he always does. Now, early goings here in the second set. Raonic trying to hold serve. He does, but... Again, as we've seen the last couple of years, just not able to keep that body together, not able to continue. Sad stuff to see, because when he's playing well, boy, it's a thing of beauty. A right hip injury, second straight match he has not been able to finish. Sinner, by the way, 200th tour-level win, first man born in the 2000s to reach that milestone. He'll face Talon Greekspor. That's a repeat from last year in a semifinal that Sinner won in straight sets. And, of course, we've got the rematch from last year as well on the top half. But let's talk a little bit more about Yannick Sinner. If he wins the title here, Coco, he gets up to number three in the world. That would be a career high. He lost to Medvedev in the final. Medvedev not playing this year. Rankings aside, though, I mean, Sinner looks like the best player on tour this year. No, he really does. And I don't see anyone stopping him out there in Rotterdam. He's so tough when it comes to indoors. He hits the ball so clean and really just decimates his opponents. It's so hard to come back, especially when you're a Grand Slam champion coming in, and he's only just gaining confidence out throughout this whole event. Yeah, undefeated this year, Prakash, and already with a Grand Slam title. Yeah, Sinner's Sinner, progression has been beautiful. You know, he, he made that first final of a 1,000 in Miami, continuously improved. Then he picked up her first 1,000 title. And then last year, towards the end, that's when he inserted himself into the top tier of men's tennis, along with Medvedev, along with Alcaraz, along with Djokovic. Now, after taking that first Grand Slam title, he's, he's looking like he's going for that number one spot. Alcaraz said last year, next year, Yannick Sinner will hit number one in the world. That's high praise from Carlos Alcaraz, and, and Yannick Sinner's embracing it and playing like he deserves it. We'll, we'll see if he can get to one, but uh, certainly has a ch shot to get to a career high at number yeah. three. Speaking of Carlos Alcaraz, he is defending his title, also looking to get back to world number one in Buenos Aires, first order of business. Take care of Andrea Vavasori. Oh, this was going to be a tough matchup for Vavasori. I mean, Alcaraz is just so good out there on the clay court. And what he's been implementing more and more into his game, Alcaraz, is coming forward into the net. We know he has the shots to back it up, but it's finish, finishing and executing and being clear-minded of where he's going to hit the volleys. And you see when he is lining up for all these forehands, all the opponents are so afraid that he's going to rip it. And it leaves these drop shots so wide open for him. And he was using it to fruition all through this match. And really, he was hitting the ball so much better than he has in the previous rounds that he's played. No hiccups in this second set. Just rolled through.
13 and 1 now clay court quarterfinals 30 and 1 against players ranked outside the top 50 since the start of last year he beats the guys he's supposed to he beats guys no matter where they're ranked Alcaraz looking to get back another trophy in Argentina how about Nico Jari and Thomas Martin Echeverry meeting for the fifth time overall for Kosh. They've split the previous four all on clay. And this one, unfortunately, would have a sad ending. Really sad uh, to see how, how this came to a conclusion here. Opening set, though, Echeverry was looking really strong. Gets that break, serves things out. The crowd was just going bananas for him over there. They really wanted to see their man get over the edge. And he started off the second set well as well, moving through nicely, crushing that forehand. You can see him running to the corner, body language, everything was feeling well. But early in that second, that's when he hurt himself. That right leg there, sort of in the upper area, started really hampering his movement. He fought hard, though, stayed tight all the way through, exchanged a couple of breaks, both players. But uh, it was the movement at the end of the day that just was a little bit too much. A bit too painful to continue. Jari, though, doing a good job forcing Echeverry into this decision. He could have let it go there in the second, didn't, and uh, you never want to see that, especially at a home event. Yeah, in front of the home fans, just in tears, cannot continue, has to retire from this match. So it's Nicholas Jari that is moving on as we take a look at the final four in Argentina. Alcaraz will take on Jari, and then a couple of hometowners, Diaz Acosta and Coria, there at the bottom. The ladies in Doha already in the semifinals. That means Elena Rabakina taking on Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova. Rabakina, Coco, going for her eighth straight win overall. Oh, Rabakina's looking very unstoppable all through this tournament. But what you see here is Rabakina firing off of her backhand early. I mean, that was two balls into play. But what you have to do against Pavlyuchenkova is get her moving straight away. She's not the quickest mover. And when she is set and able to hit, she can have some damage behind the ball but Rabakina doing such a good job of just mixing it up going side to side not putting too much stress on her shots still keeping big targets what she's improved so much in this season is coming into the net she's not the quickest not the most calm around the net but she does do such a good job when she is there she covers the open space and really handles herself and Pavlyuchenkova just on this point becomes too predictable. Her forehand, anytime it's a short ball, it's going to your backhand. Everyone knows it, and she's just got to, you know, change it up. But Rabakina, way too strong. Broke serve four times, tour leading 15th win of the season into her third final already this year. And she will take on top seed Iga Sviantek for the title because Karolina Pliskova pulled out of the tournament after winning eight matches in eight days, said her body couldn't compete. And the schedule of the past two weeks was too difficult to recover from. She added that she will also have an MRI scan tomorrow. So, unfortunately, Pliskova cannot continue. We've got the fifth meeting, though, between Sviantek, Rabakina, 3-0 head-to-head for the Kazakh last year. Sviantek won the previous match before that, so we'll see what happens. But unfortunate for Karolina Pliskova. We'll break down the final later in the show. Coco, you told us earlier in the week how difficult it is, how much of a challenge it is to play that many days in a row. No, it's it's really sad for Carolina to get to this point and her body failing her. And, and, and I know it's really difficult as age comes on to be able to recover as much as we have everything at in front of us on the table to be able to help us keep recovering. It's so hard just to beat father time in, in any way, shape, or form. But Carolina, I mean, hats off to her coming out there, competing as well as she did, getting that many matches 
under her belt and getting her first title in a very long time. Yeah, four years, Prakash. Uh, there's also a conversation that we, that we beat into the ground here, but look, uh, playing so many matches there and not being able to recover is one thing, where you need a little bit more for the body to feel okay, but needing to go get an MRI scan, that means that something perhaps is a little bit hurt, and that's just what the toll of the tour takes on you. When you're winning so much and you don't have that week to recover after, you try to bounce back after a flight, that's a lot. And, you know, that's what these players do week in, week out. And that's what it takes to accumulate the points to get to the top five in the world, to get to number one in the world. It's a lot. So we really got to salute all the players, ATP and WTA. Yeah, nine wins in 10 days, eight wins in eight days. Hopefully that MRI scan is negative. Yeah. And we see Carolina Pliskova back in Dubai and then Indian Wells and Miami. A lot more to get to here on TC Lab. More highlights from across the globe. Plus, how about this American former NCAA champ taking the court today? on the verge of reaching a new career high in Delray Beach. And as we continue our celebration of Black History Month, we take a closer look at how the sport grows at the HBCUs. Stay with us. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Historically, black colleges and universities have played a critical role in the advancement of African-American life. Established in an era where black Americans weren't permitted to attend the same schools as their white counterparts, these institutions fostered both academic success and a sense of community. And they've served a similarly vital role in the tennis world. HBCUs helped nurture black tennis through the painful heart of segregation. From 1927 to 1968, an HBCU hosted all but six of the American Tennis Association national tournaments. At campuses like Bethune-Cookman University, Hampton University, South Carolina State University, and West Virginia State University, the ATA was able to grow and reach African-American players on a larger scale. In recent years, the Florida A&M University's men's team has become a major force on the collegiate tennis scene. Under the direction of Dr. Carl Goodman, in 2000, FAMU became the first all-black tennis team to land in the top 30 in the country. Goodman's tenure produced alumni like Pro Tour coaches Zach Evenden and Kamal Murray. Today, 38 HBCUs in the U.S. are home to tennis programs. Historically, black colleges and universities continue to serve in dynamic ways. The vibrancy of tennis on these campuses is a powerful example of the impact they will continue to have in the future. Thank you, Taylor. Last year, the men of Tennessee State and the women of North Carolina Central were crowned HBCU national champions. Our Black History Month features are available at TennisChannel.com, and the celebration continues tomorrow with another tribute. Still ahead on TC Live, could we be facing the end of an era? The one-handed backhand on the verge of extinction from the top ten for the first time ever. We'll explain.
Coco Prakash, Steve, back on TC Live, looking at the ATP rankings because some history could happen this week. For the first time ever, we could have no men with a one-handed backhand in the top ten. Alex Diminor moved to nine with his win earlier. And if Taylor Fritz won tonight, he would pass Stefano Tsitsipas at the ten spot. However, Grigor Dimitrov can also move back in the top ten depending on his results. Let's see how this plays out. Dimitrov in Rotterdam. Hoping to reach the semifinals for the fourth time there. Taking on Alexander Shevchenko, Coco. Speaking of one-handed backhands, when Dimitrov is coming over his one-handed backhand, you can tell that he is confident, especially on returns. But what I loved what Dimitrov did this whole match was how he was able to sneak into the net. He's so quick off the mark, but it's the anticipation that he has. But Shevchenko was so good coming back, bouncing back, in the second set, getting the crowd involved, really trying to hype himself up, stealing the second set. But come the third set, Dimitrov really reeled it back in, was able to get the first serve percentage back up because when he was facing second serves, he was really in trouble. And he was able to break for the match right here. Yeah, it was the only break of the match, and it came in the final game for Grigor Dimitrov. How about continuing that red-hot start to the season? No man on the ATP has more wins than that guy. Grigor Dimitrov, score leading 13th. So he's got a shot still to keep the one in the top 10. But we go to Delray Beach, because defending champ Taylor Fritz looking to reach his 27th career semifinal. How about that? Facing Rinky Hitchikata Prakash, a win. And Taylor is back in the top 10. Well, looking to defend a title for the first time. Much sharper today than he was against Nuno Borges in that previous round. Got off to a great start here. Both players staying tight to each other, but it was right in the middle of that set where Taylor started enforcing uh, just a little bit more aggression. In, in, in my opinion, it was, it was a bit of a heavyweight playing a middleweight out there. Taylor just a little bit too much power, and, and Hitchikata, when he was trying to find a little too much aggression, he got out of his comfort zone, and he was really playing defense the whole time here. It was Taylor that was able to stay inside the front of that court, dictate with both the backhand and the forehand, and uh, didn't even need to serve it out. Was able to break, didn't face a break point the whole day. Just an all-round class performance. Clinical stuff from Taylor Fritz, and just like that, he is back in the top ten in the live rankings, bumping Stefano Tsitsipas, Coco. So right now, history. Now there's still a chance for Grigor Dimitrov to be able to, to win the tournament and, and get the one into the top ten. What do you think happens? Uh, I, I'm biased. I want the one to stay in there. I love the one backhand. I wanted to have a one-handed backhand, but it just wasn't in the cards for me. So I'm team one-handed backhand. Let's keep it in the top ten. So my money's on Dimitrov. He's going to save the day. Uh, I'm going to go uh, uh, with two opinions here. One, I got... Uh, I l would love to see Dimitrov stay in there. The most beautiful strokes out there on tour. So I want that one-hander to stay in there. And also, I love this resurgence that he's yeah, having. For sure. Hope we're going to see even better tennis from him than we did in 2017. But moving forward from the Sinner, Alcaraz, Runa age group, that age group and younger, I'm calling it a wrap. I think that's it. I think the one-hander might go the way of the dinosaurs. And if they keep, <laughs> if they keep the courts slow and the balls heavy, I think that's the way it's going to be. That may happen for a while, Coco. Yes. But history always repeats itself. At some point, I think. It, hey, maybe they'll hopefully, hopefully. make we the courts quicker, and it might require the one-handed. Yeah. But we I won't think... have to open a book to see if what a one-handed backhand used to look that's like. Right. You know I mean, that's, that's, that's right. what we all don't want to have to happen. <laughs> Did they do this? They didn't use two hands at one point? <laughs> I think it might be like that. It's a good point. We could have Lorenzo Musetti get in the top ten, but he's older than both Carlos Alcaraz, Yannick Sinner, Holden Bruna. Forgot making a great point there. <laughs> all right, back to...
to the action with the, uh, the, the two-hander. And Tommy Paul's got a real good one going to look for a six-match winning streak for the second time in his career, Coco, facing Jordan Thompson for the first time. Oh, the Aussie's a tough customer, but TP, I mean, his signature speed has just been so unbelievable and riding the confidence of the Dallas win. I mean, it's hard to shake that confidence coming straight off the title week, also playing on his home courts. You really get so comfortable so quickly when you are back at home, feeling the crowd, being able to sleep in your own bed. That is few and far between. And Thompson with a little bit of unwarranted anger. I mean, he's definitely got some fire. I, I, I give it I give it an 8 out of 10 on the racket break. There could be a little bit more. I'm, I'm a professional critiquer when it comes to the racket breaks. But TP getting the job done, getting to the semifinals. I, I think TP's got a good shot at back-to-back -back title. Why, why not? Back-to-back. Uh, -back. 8 out of 10, that's a pretty good break, though. Uh, All-college tennis matchup here for Kosh. We've got the former UCLA NCAA champ, Marcos Giron, on the verge of returning to the top 50, and the former Texas A&M star, Patrick Gibson. Giron's been playing some ball. Finals last week in Dallas, he's picked up that same form and kept it here, going from indoors to outdoors. And uh, he just looks so strong from the baseline. He finds so much power from those legs of his and it's Kipson that I think was just a little bit soft out there. He didn't really have too many places to go. I think he's showing a lot of potential and I think there's a great area for him to be able to move up the rankings but um, today wasn't the day. It was Garon, his experience, his form right now that's just a little too strong as you saw earlier in the first set controlling the play from the baseline here coming up with a great passing shot and uh, having no problem to serve it out. The forehand really working well today. Up to a career high 44 in the live rankings. His Instagram caption heading into this match was into quarters. Yeah. Oh, talking about his legs. I, I don't know what I'll put for the semis. Quadzilla out there. <laughs> the quadfather is moving on. It's going to be an all-American semifinal. How wow. about this? we got four Americans. Look at that. Four flags up there. Giron should feel really good getting into that company over there. Maybe getting into his head a little bit. Man, come on. This is where I belong. Yeah. Speaking of Americans, as we enter the social net, Coco Golf lost early in Doha, got to explore the desert, some motorsport action, rocking the Tupac T. The fit is fire. Uh, we know she's a daredevil, Coco, because beginning of the year, she jumped off a building. Yeah, the bungee jumpy earlier in the year, but I love what Coco does on tour. She gets to experience all the great things that we have going to Dubai, going to countries that we will never, ever dream about going to, and just experiencing the culture, experiencing the fun that this tour can offer. Hats off to Coco. I, I definitely want to see her quadding out there in the desert. They definitely have it. I know a spot, so you can keep keep quadding, keep the sand vibes going. So, you know, hats off to Coco by being adventurous. I mean, look at that wheelie. I don't know if I want to sit there with a wheelie popping up. Taking in the culture, keeping your head up after an early uncharacteristic loss, and... Rocking the Tupac T, Co. You, you know we love you. you do. It's, just, it's just all three. Love you, girl. That's good stuff. We went we went from quads to quads. I mean, it's, it was like perfectly produced from Mark Hustler there. <laughs> uh, take a look at center court action. Rotterdam begins 9 a.m. Eastern tomorrow, 6 a.m. Pacific. The Doha final. Sviantek, Rabakana, 10 a.m. Eastern, and then TC Live is a pregame show tomorrow, 7:30 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be at that time, no matter what, the three of us. Back with our hot shot of the day after this. Will Elena Rabakina continue her win streak all the way to Indian Wells, where she is the returning champ? Carlos Alcaraz as well. We shall see.
It all gets underway Wednesday, March 6th. First ball to last coverage live here on Tennis Channel. TC Live every day, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. local, with myself, Prakash, Coco, Lindsey Davenport, Chanda Rubin, and more. It's Tennis Paradise, everybody. Join us. Hot shot of the day, and we head back to Delray Beach. How about a little Big Foe action? Oh, Big Foe's always got to make a hot shot out here in any match, and a little razzle-dazzle with the short slice, but I love the curvature of that backhand. Finding an angle that didn't exist on the court, Big Foe feeling himself out there in Delray. A word that didn't exist. That's amazing. Call up Webster. Carvature? Would we call this a little toyage action? <laughs> a little, little inside out dick, slap it the other way. You know? These vernaculars, next level here. Come on, we're, we're in the tennis lingo. It's, it's just, you gotta get catch up. Steve, haven't you been here long enough? Come on. I, all right. <laughs> I guess so. We're, we're, Come on, Cole. We're treeing on this Come show. on, Cole. Treeing. Like treeing. There we uh, go. Look at these matchups that we have for you tomorrow. The semifinals for the fellas, the final for the ladies in Doha. And let's talk about some of these matches. Starting with the ladies, Sviante, Rabakina split a couple junior meetings back in the day. It's 3-1 head-to-head for Rabakina winning all three matchups last year. What's going to be the biggest factor tomorrow? Well, Verbakina's got one of the only games out there that can hit Iga off the court, and that's been the only way that Iga has taken any losses this year is when players have been able to bully her around. And it's not easy to do. You have to be able to pick on the Iga Slytek forehand, and it's hard to find that because she gets you moving so quickly and so early. But I think Rabakina having the confidence, having the match wins under her belt is going to come out on top. And plus, Iga having the retirement today by Pliskova, that's one day off. But you lose a little bit of edge when you get those retirements. All right, we got, we got the Coco call for Elena Rabakina there on the men's side. Looking forward to this one. Alex Dimonor, Grigor yeah. Dimitrov, two of the most informed players on tour this year. Who do you give the edge to? Well, it might be the most fun match to watch. I can't wait. We're going to see shot making from every single aspect of the court because that's how both these guys get down. But um, I think the big deciding factor is going to be net approaches on the side of Alex Diminor. They're both running their service games really well. And Dimitrov's backhand, he's been you know, moving the ball around nicely, you know, waiting for that forehand to crush. But I think if you press him on that backhand side, force him to come up with passing shots on a consistent basis, that's where you can still attack him. Deminar has that ability to do it. He's comfortable at the net and doesn't mind employing different strategies. So I think that's going to be the factor. And you know what that would mean? No one-handers in the top ten for the first time in ATP. Well, listen, you, you heard Deminar talk about it. I mean, it was very tight, their last match. So it's going to be tough to pick a winner here. But if he does get through, that's some history. History. That's some history. 1973 is when they started the ranking. Mr. Unknown Backhand is calling unknown. no more monies. No more. <laughs> I mean, unknown can be a good thing sometimes. You know, element of surprise and, you know, all the... I, I, I'm, we'll I'm hype feeling, you up I'm tomorrow. I'm very sensitive, by the way. Today's, Catching today's Weissman L. and Coco coming for me. I was, I was hyping you up. I was gassing you up. I said no matter what it is. UFO. UFO. That's right. That's UFO. Thanks for watching the show, everybody.